Welcome to another edition of Northwestern Outdoors Radio, the award-winning show covering fishing, hunting, conservation, destinations, and other outdoors recreation across the greater Northwest. Northwestern Outdoors is brought to you by Max Lur, Sportsman's Warehouse, Sina Sea Seafood, and Wallowa County Chamber of Commerce in the Northern Pike Minnow Sport Reward Fishery Program. And now, let's see what's happening this week with your host, John Cruz. It certainly looks like a lot of us are going to have a white Christmas. We got walloped last weekend with a winter storm that dumped another 10 inches onto what we already have. As a matter of fact, in the last month where I live in central Washington, we've actually received two feet of snow, and it's only mid-December. We could be in for a real long, cold, snowy winter, not just here in eastern Washington, but a good portion of the inland northwest and the Rocky Mountain West, too. So bundle up. Break out the snow shovels, or better still, maybe invest in a snowblower. This week on Northwestern Outdoors Radio, we've got some great guests for you. Bob Loomis is back, of course, for another extended Max Minute. And we've also got Rob Phillips coming on. Now, Rob is an outdoors writer, has written a weekly column for the Yakima Herald Republic for years, but in the last few years, he's gotten into writing books. We're talking about the Luke McCain series of novels featuring Luke McCain as a state fish and wildlife enforcement officer who is accompanied on his cases by his trusty yellow lab. Rob will tell us not only about the latest Luke McCain novel, but also about another book he's got, And if you love dogs, you'll probably really want to hear about Rob's new book. Somebody else we will introduce to you today is Kyle Hart. He is a young man who is an inventor and an entrepreneur. And out of misfortune, he came up with a brilliant idea. It's a hard shell, lightweight, pop-up pickup truck camper. And the pop-up is this huge tent. You can actually stand up in it in the pickup bed. It's got a comfortable bed and it's got a whole lot more. And it is super affordable compared to everything else on the market. It's called the Lone Peak Camper from Lone Peak Overland. It's brand new. It's just coming on market. And I can't wait to introduce this camper and Kyle to you. One other guest I think you'll really enjoy today is Randy King, the chef in the wild who hails from the Treasure Valley of Idaho. And this week, we are going to ask him about how to roast a Christmas goose, that traditional English and early American dish that may have gone out of style for many, but you can still enjoy it, especially if you go out and shoot a goose. But cooking it right, well, that's the hard part. And that's why we've got Randy to help us out with this one so you can have a very special Christmas meal that's very traditional, too. As always, we've got our Sportsman's Warehouse Trivia Question of the Week. And, as always, we're starting off the show with another edition of Sportsman's Spotlight with David Sparks. Fishing in Juneau, David Sparks, Sportsman Spotlight. Everything in life is relative. My friend Chad Hood tells a fishing story, which is kind of every day for him, but would be a fantasy for most of us. We went out halibut fishing out of Juneau one day, and I kept all my GPS spots, so we went to one of my favorite halibut holes, and we had four of us, and we limited out on eight fish. We didn't get any big ones. I think the biggest was like 25 pounds. But it was a really nice day out on the water, and the fish were biting pretty good. It just wasn't, we didn't get any of the big ones we were hoping for. So that was the halibut end of things. And then we basically did the rest on our own in Juneau with the, just from a vehicle. And so there's two fisheries 
that are really blend well to not having a boat. There's a king fishery there. Now, these are hatchery kings, but they still taste as good. And we basically are using a, a bobber with cured salmon eggs underneath the bobber. And it's not in a creek, but it's just where the creek flows into the salt water. So when the conditions are, the tide is right, the kings will nose up into the estuary. And we'll throw out the bobber and the eggs, and you just kind of let it drift through there. And I think in three days, between three of us, we landed 13 or 14 adult kings, which would be anything probably over about 15 pounds. And then we caught a bunch of jack kings. They come back a little earlier than they should, so they're not fully grown. David Sparks, Sportsman Spotlight. Did you hear that? That's the sound of great careers in agriculture, one of which could be yours. With the number of different job boards that are online these days, it can be overwhelming trying to find out what best suits you as an individual in the ag industry. Hey, sift through the clutter and find your agricultural career on the job board focused on you. AgCareers.com AgCareers.com is the leading online job board for the agricultural, food, natural resources, and biotechnology industries. We are committed to fueling the next generation of talent in agriculture in an effort to feed the world. We understand and support the vast number and variety of careers possible in the industry, from welders and biotechnologists to agricultural teachers and software developers. The time to work in agriculture has never been better with nearly 6,000 career opportunities available on AgCareers.com. An opportunity for you is out there. Search for your future today on agcareers.com. Did you know we actually have a sponsorship opportunity available for this show? That's right. You can be a sponsor of Northwestern Outdoors Radio, reaching thousands of listeners every week, tuning in to 69 stations in seven states. If you have a business that caters to outdoors enthusiasts, this is the platform for you, and you're going to find it's much more affordable than you think. Contact me through my website at northwesternoutdoors.com, and let's get a conversation started. That's northwesternoutdoors.com. Public lands and waters are integral to our outdoor heritage. Become a member of Backcountry Hunters and Anglers and stand up for our public lands and waters. Visit backcountryhunters.org today. You're back in with Northwestern Outdoors Radio. It is the holiday season. If you're looking for a Christmas gift, it's hard to go wrong with a good book. And whether you're a hunter or just a person who loves dogs, I think I've got a really good book for you. It's A Dog Life Well-Lived Outdoor Adventures with a Lifetime of Canine Friends by Rob Phillips. And we've got Rob on the line today. Rob, Merry Christmas, my friend. Merry Christmas to you, John. Thank you for having me on this morning. Well, Rob, you've been a, a longtime columnist for the Yakima Herald Republic with your weekly outdoors column. You've been getting into book writing since COVID hit, and we'll talk about your Luke McCain novels in just a couple minutes here. But I want to talk about the new book, A Dog Life Well Lived. Tell our listeners about it. 
Yeah, it's it's basically kind of an autobiography starting when I was, you know, just a little guy, a little shaver, and really about my life, but based in and around the dogs I've had in my life. And of course, being an, an avid hunter, upland bird hunter and waterfowler, et cetera, I've, had, I've always had kind of hunting dogs. And so I just thought it'd be fun, you know, the, the column I write for the Yakima Herald Republic every Wednesday, sometimes I will write about my dogs and some of the things that they do, crazy things, funny things, good things, bad things. And I get more comments from readers on my dog columns than I do on anything else I write. And people stop me and go, you know, I'm not really a hunter, but boy, I sure love your dog columns because we had a little schnauzer or we had a poodle or we had this dog or that dog. So I thought, you know, I think I might try to write a book and just tell the stories of my dogs in my life. And so that's what it's about from the time I was seven or eight years old until right now, the current dog I have now, and and just the different funny, sad, scary things that have happened with the, the different dogs over the many years. So You know, it's funny that you've written this book the way you have, because I often define my own life in chapters by the dogs that have accompanied me through different periods of life. Again, like you, you know, starting off as a kid where, where my dad got a Hungarian Vizsla that I hunted with more than he did to my Springer Spaniel that I lost last summer. But let's talk about your current dog. What kind of dog do you have now? I have a uh, black lab. She's a smaller lab. She's only about 60 pounds, but she's a pointing lab. And she's probably the smartest of all the dogs I've had over the years. And she's become a member of the family. She sleeps on the couch. <laughs> and we've never had dogs that have done that. But uh, she's pretty special. And she's a really good hunting dog. And she's just a good kind of a good companion. I walk with her every day. And we hunt quite a bit together. And she kind of runs my life. We were set up on her schedule when she goes out, when she wants to walk, when she wants to play. And I guess that's the way it happens when you get a little older and have a dog. I think you're right. What's her name? Her name is Bailey, and like I said, I write about her quite a bit in my newspaper column, so she's kind of become a little bit of a a celebrity around the Yakima Valley in central Washington for the people that read my columns. They're always asking me about Bailey. How's Bailey doing? So, (laughs) Let's talk about some of the, the stories you have. Now, I was just reading some of the comments, some of the publishers who got to, to read your book and commented on it. And apparently there's a story about a motel stay with one of your dogs that's going to have some people laughing. Yeah, well... It wasn't funny at the time, but as I think back on it and as I write, write about it, uh, it, it was pretty humorous. Uh, I went to school at Washington State University and loved to hunt over there and never got to hunt over there with a dog because there was no place to keep a dog. But once I got married and settled down, et cetera, I got a yellow lab. His name was Zeb. So my ex-college roommate and I decided we'd go over there and hunt for a couple of days. And we rented a motel in Moscow, and we hunted all day, got up early from Yakima, left Yakima, drove all morning, got there, hunted hard all day. And somewhere along the line, Zeb must have drank some swampy water or ate something that I didn't see him eat or something. But I left him in the back of the truck, crashed. We were really tired, went to bed, crashed, and I, I was awakened by this horrendous howling out from the truck. And it was Zeb just howling and howling. And I thought, oh, gosh, he's... He's missing me. You know, I'd never had him in a truck overnight like that before. So I went out and let him out and walked him into the motel room. Well, it turns out he had a horrendous bad stomach and uh, we weren't 
back in bed for two minutes and I heard a horrible, horrible sound and then smelled a horrible, horrible smell and woke up and he'd had diarrhea and, and he'd uh, let it all go all over the carpet in oh, that motel room. no. <laughs> and the carpet back then, this was back in the 80s, was kind of a light gray carpet and oh, I'll tell you what, it made a, the worst awful mess on that carpet and I spent the next two hours with all the towels in the room <laughs> scrubbing and trying to get that cleaned up and we kind of got up you know in darkness before light and loaded up and got out of there and I thought I'm going to get a bill from the motel company to replace this carpet but I never heard from them I was always surprised that they didn't charge my credit card at least a cleaning fee or for a new carpet because when we left it was a, a pretty bad stain and you know nowadays I would have gone to them and told them what was going on but back then I hardly had enough money to buy the gas to come and go and so we kind of slinked out of town <laughs> well let's the, hope they're not the listening today because you might be getting that <laughs> bill in the mail <laughs> yeah I I hope that the uh, statute of limitations on something like that is is worn out because that was back in the 80s but I learned a lesson then that you walk your dog before you bring them into the room, if you're going to bring them into the room in such a situation like that. So oh, what a smelly mess. Let's talk oh, about your novels, the Luke McCain series of novels. When COVID hit and everyone was forced to stay home and cooped up, a lot of folks, well, they weren't doing too much that was productive, but you decided to start writing novels. And you've got, what, three of these out now, the Luke McCain series well, starring I've, Luke I've got, McCain and his trusty dog? Yeah, with trusty Yellow Lab Jack. Yeah, actually, I've got four out. My fourth one came out in uh, July. It's called Cascade Kidnapping. So, yeah, it was because of COVID. I got to sit down and start thinking about writing a, a novel, and I wrote one, and it took off. So I wrote a second, and it's going well. And I've been very fortunate to have them kind of take off the way they have. I've, I've sold thousands and thousands and thousands of them, and, and people like them. They keep asking me, when's the next one coming out? So I'm writing the fifth one now, and uh, should be out in summer. But yeah, they're uh, outdoor, kind of an outdoor mystery series, and set in the Pacific Northwest and people seem to enjoy them. And Luke McCain, folks, if you're wondering, is a fish and wildlife enforcement officer, and his dog is his trusty canine that he uses on the job. And also, I think it'd be fair to say, Luke's best friend, too. Exactly, yep. And it's been kind of fun to put him in a bunch of different situations that I hope are realistic. And the last one, a kidnapper takes a couple of kids. They kidnap a couple of kids that are at a youth camp up in the Lake Chelan area. And Luke McCain and Jack are out there doing some hunting. And so they get called in to help try to find them and rescue the kids. And it was kind of a fun story. Well, I can't wait to read it. And folks, if you're looking for a great Christmas gift, consider one or all of the Luke McCain novels. They are really fun reads. And this brand new book by Rob Phillips, A Dog Life Well Lived, full of the stories that have defined Rob's life through his hunting dogs. Find them at Amazon.com or look for them at a bookstore near you here in the Pacific Northwest. Again, great reads are always great gifts for Christmas. Rob, always great catching up with you. Congratulations on the latest book. Thanks, John. And you have a Merry Christmas and all your listeners, too. You do the same.
This portion of the show was brought to you by our friends at Cena Sea Seafoods. That's the company that delivers delicious, wild-caught Alaskan seafood right to your door. Everything from Copper River sockeye salmon to halibut to sable fish and even king crab legs. Better still, they are offering a 10% discount to our listeners. If you want to take advantage of that, go to SinaSea.com. That's S-E-N-A-S-E-A, SinaSea.com, and put in the promo code OUTDOORSRADIO. Once you do that, you get 10% off your entire order. The website again, SinaSea.com, and the promo code for 10% off, OUTDOORSRADIO. If your favorite season is deer... If your favorite salad is meat salad, if your favorite gifts come wrapped in fur or scales, if you're dreaming of a white and camo Christmas, then you'd fit right in at Sportsman's Warehouse. And lucky for you, Sportsman's is offering amazing deals all season long. So visit your local store or go online to sportsmans.com and gear up for an unforgettable holiday. with more of the great outdoors on Northwestern Outdoors Radio with John Cruz. It's that time again. It's time for another Max Minute, brought to you every week by Max Luer. And with us again is Bob Loomis. Bob, great to have you back. Thank you, John. Bob, as we get into winter here, you and I both know this is the best time of year to get into some really, really big walleye, especially in places like the Columbia River uh, near the Tri-Cities by the confluence of the Snake River. What's something that you would recommend using right now? Well, John, one of the products that we have is called the uh, Smile Blade Spin Drift Walleye. It's a VMC's version of a, a slow death hook, but it's got a technical bend in it and a swivel on top, so it rotates. So you get that slow rotation like you do with a, a slow death hook, as well as a high UV pill float and beads with a smile blade on it. And the smile blade obviously moves it back and forth. So you get a couple of different types of movements out of it. And it works phenomenally well, especially this time of the year, because of the fact uh, between the movement, the colors, you know, matching the hatch, so to speak, works tremendously well because these fish are putting on the feed bag right now. Well, there's a number of guides that absolutely love this lure. Uh, Shelby Ross, who owns Ross Outdoor Adventures and fishes for walleye at Potholes Reservoir, is one of them. And, and he's not alone because this lure doesn't just work in the river in Potholes Reservoir. It works anywhere you're going to find walleye. Yeah, it works fantastically well. Any other tips you would recommend when it comes to fishing this? It's a little more robust type hook than the typical uh, slow death hook that you have to thread absolutely perfect in order to get it to rotate. This one, uh, you know, you just thread that, that night crawler on there. It's got a couple barbs on top, so it, it hangs onto the night crawler. And man, you just go to work and it, it rotates extremely easy. It's the Smile Blade Spin Drift Walleye. They also make a Smile Blade Spin Drift Trout. You can find both of them online at maxlure.com. You'll also find them at a sporting goods store near you. Walleye anglers all over the Northwest are raving about the new Smile Blade Spindrift Walleye Lure made by Max Lure. Lance Mers is with us here to tell us more about it. This lure is fantastic. We've got the patented Smile Blade. We've got a pill float that keeps it just off of the bottom where the fish like to bite. And that Spindrift hook is absolutely phenomenal. You can tip it with any kind of bait. Whatever you tip it with, it's going to catch more fish. It's the Smile Blade Spindrift Walleye Lure only from Max Lure. If your favorite season is deer, if your favorite salad is meat salad, if your favorite gifts come wrapped in fur or scales, 
If you're dreaming of a white and camo Christmas, then you'd fit right in at Sportsman's Warehouse. And lucky for you, Sportsman's is offering amazing deals all season long. So visit your local store or go online to sportsmans.com and gear up for an unforgettable holiday. Backcountry Hunters and Anglers, a nationwide group working to keep public lands in public hands. We've helped ban the use of drones for hunting. We help repair wildlife corridors and key riparian areas. We speak up against illegal ATV use. We collaborate with elected leaders to keep public lands in public hands. We're Backcountry Hunters and Anglers, with membership in all 50 states in Canada. Please join this dynamic conservation group at backcountryhunters.org. Welcome back to Northwestern Outdoors Radio. I'm John Cruz. You know, when it comes to Christmas dinner, I know some of you out there are going to have turkey. Some of you are going to have prime rib. But what about the Christmas goose? There's a lot of tradition behind this bird, Uh, not just from Charles Dickens' The Christmas Carol, but all the way back to the late 1500s. It's said that Queen Elizabeth I was actually dining on roast goose when she found out that the English had defeated the Spanish Armada, and she ordered everybody to have a roast goose for Christmas. Since then, there's been a strong tradition in both England and early America to have a goose for Christmas. However, that waned over the years as turkey became more plentiful and cheaper to eat. But let's talk about making a Christmas goose. Maybe you're going to harvest one in the field. Maybe you're going to look for one in the store. And I'm reaching out to Randy King, the chef in the wild, to help me out with this. He writes a monthly column for Northwest Sportsman Magazine. He's the author of a great book, Chef in the Wild, and he's my go-to resource in the Northwest when it comes to cooking wild game. Randy, happy holidays. Great to have you on board. Thank you very much. Always happy to be here with you. So let's talk about the roast goose. Can you even find a goose in the stores anymore? Not really. You might get lucky at a Whole Foods if you want to spend a couple hundred dollars. But other than that, I don't know of any locations where you can find a roast goose at a store. So there are some online resources, one of which would be D'Artagnan, which I think does usually the best online for wild game that you can find. That said, D'Artagnan is super expensive. So this might actually be one of those times where the argument would work to go buy some decoys and a new shotgun to get the wild game that you want for like a cost-benefit analysis. This might be the only time this works in your whole life, but for a goose, it might be. I love it. Absolutely love it. All right. So you're going to get out there and harvest yourself either a snow goose or a lesser Canada goose or a cackler, probably one a little bit bigger than that, or one of those greater (laughs) Canada geese. So you've got your goose. You're going to have a wild goose for your roast goose for Christmas. Tell me how we should cook this up, this wonderful roast goose. The only time I've tried, it was dry as a bone. (laughs) All right, so I'm going to break Norman Rockwell's heart here. If you are looking for that classic scene of like a whole roasted bird for Christmas, don't do it. Is all I got to (laughs) say. So let me say why, and then I'll give you some reasons, or I'll give you the the way to move forward with this and be successful at the same time. So goose breast, okay, needs to be cooked probably to a maximum of about 130, 140 degrees. You want that medium rare. It's a a dark meat bird, and if you cook it to well done, to your point, John, it's going to be dry as bone. Right, And then wild goose, especially Canadians, can tend to get a little livery and a little stringy. 
right? You have no idea how old that bird is when you shoot it. And so you don't get that benefit of store-bought poultry. That's all super-duper young. They're weeks old, not years old, right? Not even months old. Any of these birds that we're shooting were all born in the spring at the earliest. And so they're way older than any of the birds we're actually buying at the store. And plus they work for a living. You know, they do that thing called flying, <laughs> <laughs> right? And so, so their breasts, you don't want to overcook those breasts because those, those, any domestic bird is mostly just going to be walking around and just getting a plump breast by not doing anything with it. So you want to cook those breasts to only probably 130 degrees. But the legs, on the other hand, they also use those quite a bit. You're going to want to cook those to roughly about 180 degrees for an extended period of time in order to get that connective tissue to break down. So if you want to have a goose for Christmas, my recommendation is to cut those breasts off like you normally do, roast those up, barbecue them, something like a medium rare steak, and then look up a good recipe for goose confit or duck confit, which is basically cooking it in fat for a long time with a lot of garlic and salt. And then have kind of goose two ways. That way you get the goose on the Christmas table, but you actually get it in a way that, that is tasty in both realms. So that you get the goose breast that's tasty and you get the goose legs that's tasty. Because if you cook a goose leg to 130 degrees like the breast, basically you're going to be eating shoe leather. And that's not ideal state for Christmas. And that's a great way to convince somebody that doesn't eat a lot of wild game that you're working with that they still shouldn't eat a lot of wild game. So I get that you can just grill the goose breasts on the barbecue. I have had good luck with mm -hmm. that in the past. Mm -hmm. As for the, the thighs, the legs, the wings, are you putting that in a crock pot? So crock pot works, right? It's actually on low. It's, it's roughly, you know, the 140, 150 degrees, um, which works pretty well. I usually bake in the oven. I set the oven to 200 Right. And I'll leave this stuff in there basically all day long. Essentially, you're just slow poaching them in oil if you're doing a sous vide or you can just braise them, throw them in some stock, you know, with some herbs and some water and stuff and basically cook them till they fall apart tender with the legs is what you want to do. Crockpot works great for that. All right. Instapot, actually. I have been using Instapots lately for things. And it, I, I was a, a, a naysayer on the Instapot for a long, long time. But then I realized I could braise them in, in an hour and a half you know, versus five. So yeah, pressure cooker. There you go. So let's talk about herbs and seasonings and, you know, anything else to flavor up this bird. What do you recommend? So being the fall, I go to those more warmer is the way I'm going to describe them flavors. So for me, that is things like a, throw a cinnamon stick in there, throw an orange in there, throw some sage, some thyme, some rosemary, Lots of garlic, lots of onion. Those flavors for me are kind of the epitome of fall flavoring profiles, right? Kind of that pumpkin spice latte of goose cooking, as it were. And that's where I would go with, with most of those. So definitely the sage, the thyme, the garlic, cinnamon, orange. In that realm, it's going to taste really good, especially this time of year. It just kind of, it's got that fragrance to it that people enjoy. And as for the breasts, before you grill them, are you marinating those breasts in anything? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Now, have fun with that. So what I'll do with those breasts oftentimes is kind of keep to those warm flavors, but give it a little bit more punch to the flavor profiles. So oftentimes for me, I'm throwing things like soy sauce, sriracha, ginger, 
orange, cinnamon, and then the salt, pepper, and garlic. So you're kind of combining those flavors from the, the goose leg with a little bit of that Asian influence on there because you want a little bit of heat and a little bit of salt on that marinade because it's going to kind of punch through because goose can get a little livery. Like we said, they're not young animals oftentimes. And so when you cook them, you want something pretty strong on there that still tastes good and still tastes like what you want it to, but maybe can have a little bit of a masking effect too if you accidentally overcook it a little bit. Well, there you go, folks. A goose is going to taste finer than anything Charles Dickens or Queen Elizabeth herself ever feasted upon back in the day. You've got some great ideas now from Randy King, the chef in the wild. So get on out there. Go shoot yourself a goose and bring it home for Christmas. And now you've got some good ideas on how to cook it. Let's talk about your book. It's still available on Amazon, Chef in the Wild. And it's not just a cookbook, is it? No, no. So I, I had a good time with this, with writing the book. It is stories and adventures on getting food and then the recipe that follows up. So talking about frog gigging or talking about, you know, goose hunting or whatever, it's, it's kind of the experience from my novice perspective oftentimes. And then you get the culinary version, which is where, where my experience actually lies. So in that regard, it's, it's, it's a little unique. Well, I've got a copy. I love it. And folks, trust me on this. If you've got a foodie in your life, especially a wild game foodie, they're going to love this book too. Look for Chef in the Wild by Randy King on Amazon. Buy it for Christmas. Uh, The foodie in your life is going to absolutely love it. Randy, thanks for bringing your perspective to the Christmas Goose to our listeners this year on Northwestern Outdoors Radio. Anytime. In today's news, I'm cooking a brisket. Let's go to Jill at my house to see how it's going. This is your house and you brought me and the crew to check on your brisket? That's correct, Jill. How's it looking? This is a Camp Chef Woodwind Wi-Fi. You know you, you can check your cook right from your phone, right? I didn't know that was an option, Jill. Well, never mind. But before you leave, can you feed the dog? What? No, no. When we get back, why is my check engine light on? The answer may shock me. A sharp blade makes short work of any project you have in the outdoors, in the kitchen, or in the shop. Hone your knives and tools with quality power and manual sharpeners from WorkSharp. Find out more at WorkSharpTools.com. Wake up to winter in Wallowa County. Grab your camera and don your skis for some Nordic skiing adventure at Salt Creek Summit or Wallowa Lake. Or spend the day on the family-friendly slopes of Fergie Ridge. Or slip into a set of skates and enjoy some time on the ice at our outdoor ice rink. Need to warm up? Then grab a cup of coffee or hot chocolate at one of our fine coffee and confectionery shops. And when evening comes, enjoy some of Wallowa County's fine dining and gaze at the stars before you dream of tomorrow's adventures. Your winter adventure begins at www.wallowacountychamber.com. Welcome back to Northwestern Outdoors Radio. I'm John Cruz. I'll bet if you own a pickup truck, you probably wish that you had a camper on it, a hard shell camper in particular. But let's face it, hard shell campers for that half ton, three quarter ton or smaller or bigger pickup truck, they're expensive. You can spend up to $80,000 and the median rate is like $40,000. Even if you get a pop-up camper, those are running like $25,000 in many cases. Well, guess what? 
There is a brand new company based in Wenatchee, Washington called Lone Peak Overland that is making hard shell pop-up campers for only $6,000. With us here to tell you more about them is the founder of this company, Kyle Hart. Kyle, welcome to the show. Hey, John. Thanks for having me. Let's talk a little bit about your inspiration for coming up with this really innovative pop-up camper. Yeah, you bet. So I used to have a rooftop tent. I have a Ford F-150 and spent probably maybe a dozen, maybe two dozen nights a year in it and used it a ton. Loved it. And unfortunately, I was on a hunting trip over on the west side of the state in Ashford. Uh, we were hunting some big elk out there for about a week, came back to our trucks, and somebody li- literally taken a sawzall to my roof rack and cut my roof rack in half, stole my tent, stole my trailer with it, my motorcycle trailer, bashed out my windows, really just a, a lame circumstance, but it actually got me thinking about if there's a better way to camp. And I stumbled upon this market called a wedge camper market, so it's a lightweight 300 pound hard shell camper basically combines a you know a canopy or a camper shell with a rooftop tent and you get kind of the best of both worlds. Well, you showed me this yesterday. We met for coffee and went out by the Arondo Street boat launch and you took me through the paces and I'd like to take our listeners through the paces too. So again, folks, this is really lightweight. It's only 300 pounds, looks really sharp, comes in black. I'm guessing you have other colors available as we go along. But let's start off with the sides of the camper because those actually open up and they have storage, don't they? Correct. Yep. So we call those the side access doors. So they're fully weather sealed. They open with a single latch and they're lockable. So you get basically lockable waterproof storage. And then uh, the nice thing about our camper is that there's nothing in the way. Some companies basically have these support struts that kind of block your access to your bed. We've been able to engineer our camper without those. And because of that, we're able to offer some cool storage accessories that we call gear vaults that basically allow you to access gear from the outside of your truck without having to get inside of your truck bed. And they're really slick, folks. I mean, these little gear vaults are big enough to hold like a camp stove or dining accessories or emergency supplies for your vehicle. Uh, Just all the things you might need on a camping trip will fit really nicely into these. So let's go around to the back and get inside the camper, so to speak. Now, this isn't a slide-in with a full door, is it? Correct. It, It basically just sits on top of your bed rails and clamps to your bed rails. Just like a pickup truck canopy. Exactly. A canopy or if you have any kind of cargo rack that you put on the top, we use a very similar clamping system. Super secure and because it's only 300 pounds, you don't actually have to bolt the thing down to your truck bed. So you basically lower the tailgate of your truck and this does have a lock on it so you can lock it up. If you have anything inside, it's going to be protected. Unlock it. That swings up, and then you step inside, and you lift up the tent, and oh my gosh, I couldn't believe the room available. What is the maximum headroom on this? <laughs> so I'm 6'3", and I cannot reach the top. Uh, i got a pretty big wingspan, so I actually don't know off the top of my head. It's probably around 9 feet. It's pretty spaced inside. There's something called the, the rear rain guard, essentially, that is the... Listeners can imagine a cheese wedge, which is what most of these things look like when they open up. You get a tent, basically, that looks like a cheese wedge. We have an overhang that basically makes the rear much more spacious and adds a ton of internal volume to give you some elbow room inside. 
Well, I absolutely love it because, I mean, you definitely can stand and have all the room in the world. Or you can just crawl up into the bed that lays over the, the cab of your truck. And that is very spacious. It's like as long as a queen-size bed and almost as wide, isn't it? Correct. Yep, yep. So we, it's a 80-inch long mattress. On a full-size truck, it's basically a full extra long mattress, so 54 inches wide. And this is one thing we didn't skimp on in this thing. Uh, a lot of camper companies have a little two-inch thick foam pad that's super uncomfortable. We basically have the a normal two inches of high-density foam. And on top of that, we have a, a gel-infused memory foam that's super comfy to lay on. So a full four-inch thick mattress on this thing. So there's a little ladder that you can buy. You know, you just step right up onto the bed. And as for cooking or working on the computer or whatever, you can either sit on the bed and do it there, or you can stand up. Again, you've got all sorts of room, like nine feet of room in terms of height above yep. you from bottom to top. And you have these shelves that come down. Correct. And, and you can use yep, those so for cooking, you can use those for the laptop, yep. you can use those for whatever you want, can't you? Exactly, exactly. And so those attach to the back of the gear vault and this fold down. Like you said, you know, cooking, prepping gear. One thing when I demoed this for you, I didn't actually show you that the bed can push out of the way. So you can actually have the entire truck bed to come inside. Like, let's say that you want to warm up and turn a heater on, it's a rainy outside. You can fit a couple people in the bed of this thing and get out of the elements. Oh, wow. That, yeah, I didn't see that, but now I'm even more impressed. Yep, I totally forgot to show you. Yeah, yeah, it's on gas strut, and so it, it pushes up towards the roof of the camper. Because it's so tall, it's not in the way. Right, and lighting, plenty of lights available. Why don't you run through what lights those are and how they work? Yep, so we have a, a kit that basically adds two internal light bars along with 12-volt wiring run inside of the extrusions. That's what makes up the frame. And so you have one that runs overhead, basically a big light bar to light up the inside of the camper. And there's one that is on basically right above, if you're opening up the, I guess, like the, the rear window, there's a light right there by the hinge that will light up the tailgate. And so if you're doing any kind of work or if you're cooking on your tailgate like I do, it's really nice to be able to light up pretty much all of your work areas. And we have other accessories uh, like a front light bar. Uh, that's nice for off-roading at night. And then we also have another accessory that will be available fairly soon called Juice Box. It's our six-channel wireless switch box that you basically plug all these accessories into, and then you can control from either your phone or from the, the switch box with a, uh, a physical push-button switch. Well, I'll tell you what, absolutely ingenious what you've come up with. And you literally can't beat the price point for a hard-shell pop-up tent camper I hate to ask this, but why aren't you selling it for a little bit more? <laughs> well, that, that was the whole goal of this thing. You know, I, I have a background in manufacturing and sourcing, and so we have a cool supply chain set up for this where we're basically doing all the, the, the final buildup in Wenatchee. And I, I want to keep it accessible for people. You know, I want to keep the quality high, but I don't want to charge, you know, ten to $15,000 that other companies are. Want to innovate and kind of push the market forward in a, in a fun direction. Well, hopefully you're going to be at some of the sportsman shows, like maybe the Pacific Northwest Sportsman Show in Portland in February. Yeah, we're, we're hoping to be there. Yeah. yeah, I would love to see you roll this out for folks. I think they're going to be as impressed as I am. And I understand in your pre-orders, your very first week in business, with your pre-orders, you actually sold a million dollars worth of campers. So you've got to get those out the door first. Oh, we got we got a big back order. Yeah, you sure do. So yeah. when will these be available for purchase or delivery for folks who might see them in the next month or, or want to go to the website and find out more now? Yep. So we're going to start production in June. If you order right now, 
that will be available in August. Website is LonePeakOverland.com, and you can check it out there. Definitely check it out, folks. LonePeakOverland.com. Again, this is one of the most innovative things I have seen in a long time. The price point is fantastic. It's affordable for just about everybody out there with a pickup truck. LonePeakOverland.com. And by the way, it's not just for Ford F-150s. This is going to be available for 74 different models of trucks. So one more time, LonePeakOverland.com. Check out the YouTube video. You'll see exactly how this all works, and I bet you you're going to want to get one for your truck. Kyle, congratulations on the new company and this new product. I can't wait to watch you grow. Hey, I appreciate it. This portion of the show was brought to you by our friends at Cena Sea Seafood. That's the family-run company that processes wild-caught Alaskan seafood in Cordova, Alaska, and ships it right to your door, carefully packaged in meal-sized portions you're going to absolutely love. And if you are looking for something special for the holidays, either for a get-together you're hosting or maybe as a gift, take a look at cnasea.com. They've got smoked salmon, which is a fantastic gift and a fantastic appetizer. And they've got foodie bundles, too, where you can get salmon, and we are talking Copper River, sockeye, coho, and king salmon here, as well as whitefish like halibut and sablefish too. And if you love crab, well, they've got some very hard-to-find Alaskan bear-dye snow crab available too. So hop on to senasea.com, that's S-E-N-A-S-E-A, senasea.com, and order some wild-caught Alaskan seafood today for the holiday season. And don't forget to use the discount code Outdoors Radio for 10% off your entire order. Stick around. We've got your Sportsman's Warehouse Trivia Question of the Week coming your way. The Dalles in Oregon is your base camp for fishing fun. Reel in big salmon, tangle with steelhead, bass, and walleye, or wrestle a monster sturgeon to the boat. After the day is done, you'll find a variety of lodging options around town. Plan your fishing getaway today at explorethedalles.com. That's explorethedalles.com. If your favorite season is deer, if your favorite salad is meat salad, if your favorite gifts come wrapped in fur or scales, If you're dreaming of a white and camo Christmas, then you'd fit right in at Sportsman's Warehouse. And lucky for you, Sportsman's is offering amazing deals all season long. So visit your local store or go online to sportsmans.com and gear up for an unforgettable holiday. We've got time for one more shot of Northwestern Outdoors Radio with John Cruz. I'm glad you're back because it's time for your Sportsman's Warehouse Trivia Question of the Week. It's hard to believe that Christmas is just a week away. And one thing I love about the holiday season are watching some of the old animated Christmas specials that I watched as a kid. There's a whole bunch of them that came out in the 1960s that are still being broadcast today. We're talking about classics like A Charlie Brown Christmas, Frosty the Snowman, How the Grinch Stole Christmas, and of course, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. Here's your trivia question this week. 
Which of these classics came out first just in time for Christmas in 1964? I'm guessing most of you are going to have to do some research on this one, or you can just hazard a good old Christmas special guess. You can do so by sending me an email through our website at northwesternoutdoors.com or go to our Facebook page at Northwestern Outdoors Radio. If you haven't already, please like and follow the page and then go to the post thread where we have the question and give us your answer there. As always, one lucky person who guesses right will win that $25 gift card we give away every week from America's premier outfitter. And if you are looking for last-minute gifts but still want to find a bargain, head on down to your local Sportsman's Warehouse store because their Christmas sale is going on right now and you can take advantage of deals that include 25% off browning his and her holiday sweatshirts or buy a pair of holiday fireside socks and get the other pair for free. You can get $20 off a Henry Repeating Arms 22 caliber lever action rifle, the grown-up version of the Daisy Red Rider of a Christmas Story film fame, or maybe get a couple of favorite brand fishing reels on sale for only $39.99. There's lots of other deals too, so don't get frustrated about what to buy this holiday season. Get inspired to buy gifts at Sportsman's Warehouse and make your family and friends very happy this Christmas season. It's time to go, and there's a good chance you'll be hearing a best-of episode on Christmas weekend, and I'm not sure yet about New Year's weekend because, I'll be honest, it is really, really hard to find guests at this time of year because everybody's celebrating the holidays. But don't worry, even if we do have best-ofs for you, you're going to enjoy them, and we'll hit the ground running with fresh content right after that as we roll into 2023. Until next time, do take care, God bless, Merry Christmas, and make it a point to spend some time outdoors. <laughs>